Episode 71, it's the Gino episode. I am your host, Jeff Taylor. I'm just a huge Pittsburgh Penguins fan, so I created this Penguins podcast, Fly Penguins Fly, for you, for Penguins fans, for hockey fans all around the world. Throw me a follow on Instagram, at Fly Penguins Fly, and on Twitter, at Pens Pod. Today's date is Tuesday, April 5th, and tonight, your Penguins are home in PPG Paints Arena playing host to the Colorado Avalanche. All right, so the Pens put a real good game on the ice when they visited Denver for the first half of this home-and-home series against the Avs, but ultimately it was Colorado who won the game 3-2 in regulation. Tristan Jari was real good. Darcy Kemper was quite good, and the Penguins had some weird hockey luck on a Saturday afternoon mountain time style with multiple broken sticks Weird bounces off what Josh Yoey called, quote, very springy boards at uh, Ball Arena. And uh, today, head coach Mike Sullivan did talk with the media a little bit about that game and, of course, what to expect tonight back at home against the same team. All right, so there was a bit of talking about Jason Zucker's current injury, although he's looking really good in these videos I'm seeing of him skating on the ice and taking drills guess he's not fully back with the team yet, but he looks pretty spry out there. I'm sure he's dealing with something. I mean, he looked like he was in great pain uh, coming off the rink after what was a pretty scary-looking crash into the boards in Minnesota. That was just uh, that was just a tragedy, seeing, seeing that go down. But I talked about that in episode 70. So doctors are uh, continuing to consult with the coaching staff, and uh, because Zucker's been on the ice and looking pretty good, coach says uh, they're encouraged. Uh, all right, Philip Hollander was called up from Wilkes. Coach Sullivan talking a lot about how uh, Hollander's a uh, valuable piece on the penalty kill, great bottom six player, good player along the walls, hard on pucks. Uh, someone else asked Mike Sullivan about the fact that the Penguins are currently the NHL's least penalized team. I like the way Sully put it. He said, quote, when you can limit refs' ability to raise their arms... <laughs> end quote, something very close to that. If I'm paraphrasing a bit, uh, the ultra ultra nerds like myself out there will forgive me because, because you appreciate the game day podcast, Fly Penguins Fly, existing. Uh, Non-COVID illnesses for Kasperi Kapanen, and Danton Heinen and Anthony Angelo have apparently resolved themselves. They are largely feeling better and uh, in a very un-Coach Sullivan move, he has said, de facto that those guys are expected back in the lineup and did not use his perennially um, employed phrase of uh, game time decision. Ah, there. Speaking of goals is the goal horn to the face. Goal horn to the face. Goal horn to the face. Think me not some conjurer of cheap trick. Um... Goldhorn from PPG Paints Arena means it is time for me to tell you who today's starting goaltender for your Pittsburgh Penguins will be, and that is a number 35 from Surrey, British Columbia, Tristan Jari. And where was I? Well, essentially, uh, head coach Mike Sullivan wrapped up today's 
media sesh uh, by kind of saying that, look, you know, the Penguins had a lot of good looks in the game versus Colorado on Saturday, and that if they'd been able to convert on some of those, even just a couple more, the, the outcome ends up being completely different. Let's get a little deeper into that, okay? Because it sounds like a soundbite at first, right? Yeah, we had some good looks, you know, or we had some great looks. When an NHL coach is skilled and proven, as Mike Sullivan uses that phrase, good looks, or we had some good looks at the net, he's referring to something very specific. Moments when Penguins players had the puck on their stick with an opportunity or a real chance or a high-danger shot opportunity. It's really not a generic or tossed-off phrase that he's employing here. He's not gloating or feeling complacent, obviously, coming off of a loss. But there is a certain knowledge that his team is clicking, in a way. So let's look back at the past handful of games. Let's zoom in a little. Going back uh, to Friday, March 25th in Manhattan. The Rangers take full advantage of a lousy day in Penguins history. Clobber the Penguins 5-1 to one, uh, at Madison Square Garden. High marks to the Rangers for making no mistakes, getting the job done, winning by a significant margin. But it was also a weird night for the Penguins, and you, you don't want to forget that. Malkin was out sick. Uh, Ricard Raquel still hadn't had a proper night of sleep since jumping on the red eye from Anaheim a couple days beforehand on the heels of the trade deadline. It was the Penguins' third game in four days as well. And finally, the Rangers were particularly well-rested, not having played a game since they played what was basically a home game, uh, not at home, versus the Devils in Newark three full days prior. I'm from the area. It's not a long drive. The Penguins pissed off, probably smarting a little bit from the lashes they took in the shadow of Lady Liberty, limp home to the Steel City, mentally preparing for a game against the visiting Red Wings on on that Sunday afternoon upcoming. They watch the tape. They hold a team skate, shake it off. Malkin's good to go for the game. Uh, Ricard Raquel finally gets a couple nights of sleep. Pittsburgh explodes for a stunning 11-goal performance. Incidentally, Ricard uh, Raquel gets the last of those 11. I thought that was pretty great. Something that hadn't been accomplished in the NHL, that that 11-goal total since the George W. Bush administration, in fact, in the nation's capital, when Steve Kunawalchuk and the Caps found a dozen ways to skin the Cats in a 12-2 victory over Florida. So how did you react to the Penguins' loss to the Rangers a few days prior to that, to the, to the shellacking of the Red Wings 11-2? Did you think, eh, you get beat every so often by, by a divisional rival. It's not, not that big a deal. You kind of move on. Or did it kind of get to you? You know, you start thinking to yourself, damn, I don't know if we'll be able to hang in there against the Rangers in the playoffs, you know? Well, if you chose the former mental path, you'd have been wise. Because not only did the Penguins whoop up on the Red Wings in the next game, but the level of play didn't much dip for the next few matchups. So on to the next game. Now, although the Penguins again fall to the Rangers, it's been a week now, uh, on Pittsburgh ice, 3-2, to two, the Penguins put together a great game. and Well, it's a pretty darn good game. And simply failed to match the three un- unanswered goals push by the Rangers that night. 
You zoom in on what led to the third and game-winning goal by New York. Only a couple seconds left on the clock in the second period. Ryan Lindgren puts a fairly innocuous hit on Jake Gensel over by the Penguins bench as time's winding down. Things escalate a little bit. Mike Matheson comes to Jake's defense. And when it's all said and done, the Rangers are awarded a power play opportunity set to begin at the start of the third. About a minute into that power play, none other than Chris Kreider uh, converts for New York's third and game-winning goal. Crosby would score a nasty clapper about eight minutes later, but uh, the Pens just couldn't get the equalizer go home with the L. Look, the Rangers are a super talented team. You have to be on your toes when you play them, as with any competitive NHL club, which is pretty much every team except for, I don't know, the Flyers right now. (laughs) I'm going to eat my words when they beat the crap out of us the next time we play them. Um, But these Penguins can play with that Rangers team. And the fact that that game looked so different from the previous matchup against New York uh, less than a week prior, to me, is a testament to the fact that the 5-1 loss that we see in New York uh, 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 that Friday before 5-1 was an aberration, not, not the norm. And so that version of the Penguins, the team who hangs in hard with the Rangers in the 3-2 loss, doesn't come away with the win that night, but played a good game, looked like a team clicking on all cylinders. That version of the Pittsburgh hockey team was on full display last Thursday night when the Pens flew to the Twin Cities and managed to beat the hot-streaking Minnesota Wild in overtime at the XL Energy Center 4-3 on a greasy put-in by Evgeny Malkin in the free hockey sense. And that's your Penguins beating a team who in the past week themselves uh, vanquished the Carolina Hurricanes and the team that we face again today in Pittsburgh, uh, the Colorado Avalanche. And folks, that is going to wrap things up for me here on the podcast. Throw me a follow on Instagram at FlyPenguinsFly, on Twitter at PensPod. And remember, if you've got a friend who needs to know about this podcast, Fly Penguins Fly, please tell them about it. Uh, the more black and gold in the house, the more hockey fans in the house, the better. Okay, Penguins fans, you can watch tonight's game on AT&TSN in the Pittsburgh area as well as on Altitude Network out in the Denver area. ESPN Plus everywhere else. One of my very favorite ways to tune in as listeners of this podcast will know via terrestrial radio or on the web at 105.9 The X FM. Enjoy tonight's game versus the Avalanche. And of course, let's go, P.